Hi, I'm Jacqueline. And I'm Courtney, and this is Caffeinated Crimes. Welcome to Volume 3 of our Haunted Houses mini-series. We love doing these. We get feedback from you guys that you like them, so hopefully that's the case. Um, They are a little bit lighter to research than some of our super heavy cases that, you know, are just, like, really sad and depressing. These are a little, a little more, like, kind of removed, I guess, because so many of them are, you know, they happened so long ago, or we don't even know for sure that's exactly what happened. You know, it's just kind of like folklore kind of thing. So it's a little easier to, to research and makes it a little more fun versus just, you know, sad. <laughs> so. Yeah. And it's Halloween week, so we got to be spooky because. Yes. Love Halloween. Um, been watching some scary movies to get prepped for it, so we thought it would be the perfect time to release our volume three of Haunted Houses. Yes, and um, as you guys know, or maybe you don't remember, anyway, um, my husband and I moved into this house uh, almost a year ago, um, but we didn't live here like in October of last year, and so now that like the leaves are starting to fall, the acorns are starting to fall, which means that on the roof of my house all night long, I hear boom, 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 boom. And it's really <laughs> creepy and I don't like it. And it scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. So I felt like it was very fitting for um, for that to be happening at the time that we were researching and recording haunted houses. And also, hopefully you guys won't hear it while we're recording because, you know, it happens all the time because they just fall off and they're really loud. So yeah, that's how it always was at my parents' house. They would just be falling. Like... Yeah. It just sounds like uh like someone's on my roof at all times. <laughs> so <laughs> so we do have a kind of update. I don't know at this point. Does anyone <laughs> know at this point? So um, we kind of post about it on our Instagram that a group of like private investigators said that they had solved the Zodiac killer, like who it was. Um, it l- looks like we don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Um, the FBI is still like saying the Zodiac killer case is not solved um they Mm -hmm. probably need a little bit more evidence than this private investigating group to officially say this person was it um we're not gonna say his name uh i mean his first name was gary that's a pretty common name but Mm -hmm. just in case it isn't him i don't want to like be talking shit about him or naming him even though he is dead like that's not fair to him and his family if he is innocent um Mm -hmm. But hopefully they just need some more, like, testing or some DNA, like, something to tie him to all of them. And then we can be like, this is it. Because that would be incredible if we solved the Zodiac. And we just released our Zodiac case. So I was like, we solved the Zodiac killer. It was us. Yeah. Clearly, clearly caffeinated (laughs) crimes over here just set that in motion. I mean... 100% we definitely you know we're a part of this Uh, so uh, yeah I assume that the FBI is going to further investigate this person Um, so it seems like they haven't like ruled him out as like oh no this isn't true but they're like "Eh, hold up don't don't take this as fact yet like there's still like there's as far as I know there's no like physical evidence or anything definitive that's linking him to you know all of these murders so But, you know, maybe in the next few months, there will be something more that comes of that. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be super interesting to see. Um, I feel like they were, like, hinting at the fact that his name helped break some of the Zodiac codes or something. Like, something. The article was very weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was very, like, are you saying his name helps you break the code? Are you just saying his name is in the code and you still haven't broke? Like, 
What are you saying? I can't tell. <laughs> it seemed to me like they were saying that his full name was in one of the codes, but then I saw other people being like, mm, like it's like a lot of like common letters and it's not like an exact like, oh, it's exactly this many letters and therefore it translates exactly to this name. It's like, yeah, it's kind of included, but also like there are many other names that would be as well yeah. as how I interpreted it. But, you know. Basically, hopeful, but skeptical. It's just what you gotta be. So. Yeah, that's a good way to, to sum that up. So, I think we're ready to jump on in to our different houses for today. Um, so, my first one is actually a hotel. So, this is the Driscoll Hotel in Austin, Texas. Um, my sources were a Southern Living article, austinghosts.com, which I keep reading as Austing Hosts, even though I know that's not right, <laughs> but my brain is like combining those two. Anyway. There was one re- like one website one time that like every time I read it, I read it wrong. I can't remember what it was <laughs> now, but. <laughs> it's like when those two letters that like could go with either, you know, way, yeah. like side story, but PetSmart. Is it PetSmart or is it PetSmart? You know? Don't know. Anyway, (laughs) that's besides the point. So um, also a fieldtripper.com article and a KVUE news article. So the Driscoll Hotel was built in downtown Austin, Texas in 1886 when Austin was quickly becoming a popular city. So the hotel was imagined and built by Colonel Jesse Driscoll, who spent $400,000 at the time to build this hotel, um, which is about $12 million in today's money. So quite a bit of money. (laughs) Yeah. So Jesse Driscoll was a successful cattle baron from Missouri who made a lot of money selling his cattle to the Confederate Army. And after the Civil War ended, he moved to Texas with the hopes of making a lot more money and then decided that he was going to build a hotel with all of this Civil War money that he had. So um, a lot of people say that that starts out why this is haunted, because it was basically built with blood money from selling cattle to the Confederate Army. So, hey, one of my stories is kind of like, is it because of blood money? Uh, Look at that. And we didn't even (laughs) coordinate this guy. (laughs) So the hotel consists of 189 guest rooms and suites, a bar and a high end grill. And a large portrait of Mr. Driscoll hangs at the center of the main lobby staircase. Um, Driscoll did have to sell the Driscoll Hotel shortly after it opened because he supposedly spent his fortune on alcohol, women, and gambling. And legend says that he lost the deed to the hotel in a poker game one night. So, not <laughs> what you want to do, sir. This is Titanic. You win yep. your tickets to the Titanic. Uh, <laughs> you win the deed to a hotel in a poker game. <laughs> That's really actually where the story's going. No. Um, so this hotel would host many inaugural balls for Texas governors and was also the location of the first date between Lyndon B. and Lady Bird Johnson in 1934. So that was super interesting. Um, and it was then uh, renovated in 1996. So the first ghost known to haunt the hotel is none other than Jesse Driscoll himself. So legend suggests that he haunts the place because he never got to enjoy his success while he was still alive because he just blew all of his money and immediately lost this grand hotel right after he built it. Um, So he's got to hang around for a while and, you know, just see what's happening, I guess. I mean, I would too if I spent like $12 million on a hotel. Like, I'm staying there forever. Exactly. I'm never leaving this hotel. (laughs) 
Um, and guests have reported the smell of cigar smoke and flickering lights that they believe is Jesse Driscoll. And supposedly one of his favorite rooms to haunt overlooks 6th Street and Brazos. So I guess this one specific room, um, people have seen him more often there than at other, in other rooms. And the next ghosts are referred to as the Suicide Brides. And I spent a lot of time trying to find more detailed information about these two accounts, and I could not, and it made me very sad because I wanted more details. Uh, but supposedly, <laughs> two would-be brides killed themselves in room 525, 20 years apart from each other. So the same room. Um, yeah. And the second is reported to have occurred in the 90s. But again, there's no like names or dates or anything. And I'm like, in the 90s, like there wouldn't be some kind of record of someone killing themselves in a hotel? Like, I don't know, because I don't know when they like stopped reporting suicides in the news. Like they mm, won't report suicides anymore that's a good because point. they don't want to like not glamorize it. But, you know, like some people like commit crimes because they want like the media attention. Like, yeah, you know, so I don't know if like they wouldn't report it because... That they're not sense. reporting anymore or they were just like eh, we're just not gonna talk about it <laughs> yeah um so there's really like nothing about the first one just that it was in room 525 um and legend says that the second bride spent forty thousand dollars on credit cards and then shot herself after her fiance called off the wedding um so this room was briefly closed off to guests but it did reopen in 1998 so i guess they're like okay well it's been enough time you can come back in there now i don't know <laughs> Um, and guests do report seeing a woman in a wedding dress or also a woman carrying a lot of baggage. Um, so maybe she's like leaving the hotel, she's leaving her husband, she's taking her things, whatever. Um, and they also report unexplained leaks in the bathroom in that hotel. Um, so another one of the ghosts is a child who died while playing in the hotel in 1887. Um, so I found different sources on whether it was a boy or a girl, um, but they say that a child was bouncing their ball down the hallway and it like went to the staircase and they reached too far and fell all the way down the stairs and died. Oh, so okay. that's super sad. <laughs> but, yeah. um, and many have also reported hearing whispering from another woman who died by suicide on the fourth floor as well. And a man named Peter Lawless lived in the hotel for 31 years and he worked for the railroad and many have reported seeing his ghost, like just kind of wandering the hallways and checking a railroad watch. So nothing really specific about him, just that he lived there and he seems to, you know, want to stay there like you do, I guess. Yeah. Hey, if you got all these rooms, you got all these visitors from all these crazy places, why not? You know? Exactly. Just... I mean, plenty of interesting things going on. I want to <laughs> check it out. Um, there's also a painting on the fifth floor by Richard King that is based on the painting called Love Letter by Charles Garland. Um, so it's a really creepy little girl. Like, it's kind of... The, the image is a little haunting. We'll, we'll post it on uh, Instagram for you guys. Um, but she's holding a bouquet of flowers in one hand and a letter in the other. And some claim that the painting is the four-year-old daughter of U.S. Senator Temple Leah Houston. Um, and she supposedly died during an accident in the hotel. And some say that that was the little girl. And then some say there were two separate girls that died in the hotel. It's kind of hard to find accurate, you know, information. Yeah. But she may have been um, that little girl. But... Um, most sources do say that the daughter of this U.S. senator died in the hotel. So the um, the painting is based off of her and kind of kind of creepy, you know. Yeah. 
Sounds kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and finally, some claim that Lyndon B. and Lady Bird Johnson haunt the hotel as well because it was a favorite of theirs. Um, that They went there um, for their first date, like we said, and then anytime they visited Austin, they would go back there. So some claim to have seen them wandering the hotels as well. And many also say there are other weird happenings in the hotel, such as the elevator operating on its own, um, sounds of talking or laughter coming from odd places where there aren't people there. Um, several sources say that the hotel has its own Spotify playlist dedicated to the ghost and paranormal activity. Um, but I couldn't <laughs> find this. I searched all through Spotify because I'm like, what is this playlist? Like, I need more information and I can't find it. So I don't know if it used to exist, if it's... I don't know, because several articles said that it was a thing, but I couldn't find it. Um, and I thought there was going to be a lot more about this hotel, but it just mm -hmm. kind of, the further I went, it was like, here's all the same stories, but nowhere had like all the details. Um, but it was still just too interesting with being just such a prominent hotel in the Austin area. And then like the double suicide brides and then the child and just lots of a lot going on strange and, deaths and Lyndon Johnson and his wife yeah which made me think if I were gonna haunt somewhere you know a favorite place where would it be so I was hmm. thinking mm -hmm. anyone who lives in Knoxville not in the past few years but a few years ago would know of a place called Sassy Ann's <laughs> and it was this old house and uh it was a bar and it was amazing and I think I'd go haunt there because I loved yeah. that place. And I'm really sad it's closed now. And that is where Kevin and I first met, too. Like, a lot of memories at that place. I think I would haunt Sassy Ants, guys. <laughs> I mean, that seems like a fun place to haunt. I could I could yeah. be down with that. You got com Well, you used to have comedy nights, which weren't that good, let's be honest. <laughs> but then, like, you could go downstairs and just chill. Or you could go upstairs and party. Or you go to up upstairs and just <laughs> watch everyone. I don't know. It'd be incredible. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I can imagine you would see a lot of a lot of fun things there, you know, while it was open. It might be a little boring now, but unless yeah. a bunch of other people decide to haunt it, and then you guys are just having a big old ghost party. A big Ants. old party. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my first one is also a hotel. Oh, we like the hotels for these. We do. So I decided to go international, not too far international. I try to do England, but... Y'all, there's too much over there to try and narrow it down. <laughs> I'll try next time to, like, find somewhere that I can do. But there's so much stuff that pops up. And it's kind of hard, too, when you're, like, Googling haunted houses. Because then they think you mean, like... A scary, like... Like a, a Halloween mm -hmm. haunted house. Like, that you go to, like, for, like to be scared. And I'm like, no, like, a real haunted house. So... Yeah, I had that problem, I just too. went <laughs> to Canada. So that's as international as we're going right now. But... And with England, too, it's like, y'all are so old over there that, like, there's so yeah. much happening. It's it's crazy. Um, so my resources are an Avenue Calgary article, a historichotels.org article, um, Curiosity, which is, like, the the coolest pun, you know, because it's, like, it's, like, curiosity, but it's city. So, oh, anyway. I like it. That article, um, as well as an article from hauntedrooms.com. So the Fairmont Banff Springs Hotel. I hope I'm saying that right. It's kind of spelled weird, but... Canadian listeners, let us know. Yeah. So it is in Alberta, Canada, and it began construction in 1886. So William Cornelius Van Horn was the general manager of the Canadian Pacific Railway. Um, and this kind of ran just straight across Canada, so... Obviously, in the late 1880s, it's a big deal because that's the only way you can get across mm -hmm. 
huge-ass Canada. (laughs) (laughs) So he hired architect Bruce Price to oversee construction, and it took two years to complete. And so it did open to the public in 1888. And they named it Banff Springs Hotel due to its proximity to the hot mineral springs. Um, And the hotel was really popular, and it was right off the railway, so it immediately just gained popularity. Um, And it was built as a place for people who were traveling the railway to stay. And in 1911, Van Horn added an addition to the hotel in an 11-story tower. So, looks pretty cool. Yeah. And construction took three years, um, but it is one of the most iconic aspects of the hotel. Um... And there was a fire in 1926, so they had to do new construction again. And now they were like, okay, let's build it to resemble a Scottish castle. Mm-hmm. So now you got real cool looking. Yeah. So in 1939, King George VI and his wife, Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, stayed at the hotel as a part of their royal tour of Canada. So obviously these are the hotel's most distinguished guests because... Mm-hmm. The fucking king and queen. Uh, right. <laughs> you can't beat that. Yeah. And the hotel actually closed in 1942 due to World War II. Um, so they closed to free up labor for the war effort. Hmm. And then they reopened um, upon the war's conclusion three years later. So in 1968, they, the hotel went under construction again that allowed the hotel to stay open year round. So before this, they had to close for the winter, which is like kind of a callback to the Stanley Hotel, mm-hmm. how it was like, we don't have enough heat and like all this to open during the winter. So now in the 1968, you can open year round. Which makes me wonder, like prior to that, because obviously that was a very common thing, you know, for a bunch of hotels. Mm-hmm. So do people just like not travel in the winter months? I mean, they just like hunker down at yeah. home and... Maybe so, because I'm like, this was mostly on the railway and I'm like, mm-hmm. does snow, like, especially in Canada, like prevent mm-hmm. the railway from even running, yeah. you know, like if it can't even move. So that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you're just like, yeah, we just don't travel. Because I guess, <laughs> I guess if you are like in... I mean, this is 1968. There's cars now. But before that, like, Mm -hmm. if you're in a horse and buggy, you're not going to be going in the snow. So uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't think so. (laughs) That's so weird to think about. (laughs) I mean, I don't like getting out in, like, the rain and, like, 60 degree weather in my car. So, you know, I understand (laughs) that. (laughs) And I do think of all these, like, old timey shows that I watch that are like, oh, or, like, have to, like can all our stuff to like get mm-hmm. for the winter so i guess it is like you just gotta prepare for the winter and hope you survive <laughs> yeah true true um and in 1988 the ho- hotel was declared a national historic site of canada and in 2001 canadian pacific limited merged the brand with fairmont hotels and resorts so i've heard of that one um and so now that's why it's now called the fairmont banff springs hotel so of course, this hotel has been open for 132 years. There has to be ghosts. Of course. There's got to be ghosts. <laughs> um, and it is reported that many murders, suicides, and terrible accidents have happened at the hotel. Um, there's, like, rumors that the rooms are boarded up. Like, my favorite that we're going to talk about is known as The Bride. So she is the most active and is even on collector's stamps and coins. So she's oh. kind of iconic here. Wow. So, the story of the bride has been retold many times. Likely many embellishments were added. Mm -hmm. So, no one's really 100% sure. 
but the most popular theory dates back to the 1920s, and she was getting ready and was walking down one of the hotel's marble staircases in her wedding dress. And some report that she tripped on the hem of her dress and fell down the stairs. And I'm like, this would, would be Courtney. Me. Yep. It would be me. It'd be me. Um, some also say her dress brushed up against a candle's flame. Again, me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is very Courtney. Um, yeah. Not to interrupt your story, but can I tell a side story? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay. (laughs) You know which one I'm going to tell. So, Courtney and I, one night, were visiting our friend Tiffany, and I don't think we should say the name of the place and what it was. We were were near a a college. I mean, statute of limitations definitely has run up if this is illegal, so. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Um, So, at this college, there was a statue of a camel. And after a few Mm -hmm. drinks, we decided that we wanted to go climb the statue of the camel because what else do you do, you know? Yeah. Um, And so we all climb the statue of the camel and, you know, we're all getting down and everything's fine. And then Courtney trips on the ledge of the statue, which is three quarters of an inch. Oh. (laughs) Oh. It was like this big. It was like a step down, like a tiny step down. It was not half an inch. Half an inch would be that big. <laughs> That's true. A very <laughs> tiny step. Not not like a, a staircase step, guys. This is like a like a, a the yeah, very tiniest of steps. <laughs> so after climbing this like at fifteen 10, foot. <laughs> 10, 15 foot. Courtney and I great measurements. <laughs> so getting down from this giant camel statue courtney trips and falls on this tiny ledge and like i'm pretty sure courtney's foot is still fucked up from that mm-hmm. accident today <laughs> i tore a tendon in my foot like i had to go to the doctor for tearing a tendon in my foot <laughs> yeah and courtney also drives a stick shift so she got to drive all the way home from this girl's mm-hmm. weekend um with you know a broken foot <laughs> and my my foot was so swollen the only shoes i could fit into were my house slippers yep and i had to go into the gas station limping in house slippers like a fucking trash human okay <laughs> can you imagine if, if you had died during this accident and someone on a podcast was talking about this haunted statue from this girl I hope that they laugh. Them. i hope they would laugh anyway i'm so sorry sorry you guys had to listen to that but i just i have to share that whenever possible it's a perfect example of like how this would be me exactly thank god my wedding venue has no stairs no stairs we're gonna make sure there's no candles we gotta make sure there's no six inch ledges nothing nothing (laughs) (laughs) um okay so whether she tripped or whether her dress caught on fire either way she fell and died on these stairs So she's typically reported veiled and dancing, and some even say they see, like, flames on her dress. Mm -hmm. So she's just, Mm -hmm. like, living her wedding night for, like, eternity. Mm -hmm. Which, go for it, you know? I mean, there's worse things to live out for eternity, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And staff have also reported hearing noises from the bridal suite, even when the suite is vacant. So this is the most common one that people see. She's not mean or anything people are like i just see this bride dancing around and they're like yeah there's no weddings we don't know like (laughs) have fun (laughs) good luck so other unexplained apparitions and heavy activity have been recorded in room 873 so if you do try to go here the room does not exist anymore 
if you're trying to stay. Um, so apparently there was just years and years of people claiming to be terrorized by this room. The hotel decided to permanently seal it. Wow. They're like, we're just not going to have people stay here anymore. So it's not even like a, like a broom closet. Like they like shut off mm-hmm. this room. Yeah. Wow. So although hotel staff claims no crimes have taken place here, the room is believed to be the place where a man killed his wife and daughter before taking his own life. So that's kind of the the rumor behind uh, Mm -hmm. this. Um, And guests have reported seeing bloody handprints on the mirror when they turn the lights off. Nope. And some say the hand... (laughs) Some say that the handprints disappeared by the time the hotel staff got there. And others say they wouldn't come off at all. Like, they just stayed. Like, they tried to wipe them and they they wouldn't leave. So, yeah. Mm. I do not like that. I would not stay in that room. Mm -mm. I would nope right out of there. Yep. So now my favorite ghost of this hotel. Um, he's much less sinister, and his name is Sam the Bellman. So Sam McCauley was an old Scotsman who was the bellman in the 60s and 70s, and his spirit has been seen around the hotel since his passing in 1975. Um, he's reported to be happy and cheery, and he's often mistaken for a live employee. Wow. Yeah. And he's known to sometimes help guests as well. <laughs> so... One story reports that two elderly women were asking the bell desk for assistance after their key would not work. So the bellman was busy and wasn't able to help for like 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. So by the time he arrived, the door was unlocked and the woman was like, yeah, an older bellman in a plaid jacket matching Sam's exact description had helped them. But this bellman was the only one working. (laughs) I just want to say that is some dedication to your job. I mean, yeah. You must really love your job. (laughs) Um, And people also report him haunting his old office, which is now a guest room. Um, And they've also reported feeling cold spots on the 6th, 7th, and ninth floors of the hotel. Um, A bartender ghost can also be seen sometimes. Um, He's been seen by guests and staff, and he's frequently telling people they've had too much to drink and should go to bed, which... (laughs) Such a responsible ghost. Yes. Like, I mean, sometimes being we like, need that Honey, ghost. you've had you've had too much. Go to bed. Go it's, bed. It's time now. <laughs> Just looking out for um, everybody. And- <laughs> Little guardian angel ghost. <laughs> um, guests have also reported seeing a headless man playing the bagpipes. Oh. Which I'm like, how you play bagpipes without a mouth? <laughs> <laughs> like, Do you use other that body image. parts that could... I don't... Do you oh just, boy. like, fart into the hole? <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, I guess if you're a ghost, you can, like, make it work, but... Um. <laughs> and finally, I did also see reports of a secret room. Um, so the story goes that there was an error by the contractor, and a room was built with no windows and no doors. Oh. No way to get in. Um, And this detail wasn't shared with the hotel owner. So the hotel owner didn't know. And it was only discovered when that fire broke out in 1926. Hmm. So weird secret room. What was in it? What was this contractor doing? Um, Since then, apparitions are often seen roaming the hall outside of this room. Um, But yeah, that is the Fairmont Bamp Springs Hotel that's that's fun that's a good one i enjoy that um yeah it was it was a lot lighter i mean obviously there was some like sad stuff but it was kind of funny like that that headless man playing the bagpipes that is (laughs) my favorite aspect of any haunted house that we've done 
Yeah, that's that's great. Um, if Courtney and I ever make it big and get to like do tours and things, we're definitely hitting all of these hotels that we talk about. Um, not staying yes. in the haunted rooms. Courtney May, I'm not about that life, but I'll definitely visit the hotel. <laughs> um, it depends. It depends. Um, like the Stanley Hotel, I'd probably stay in that room mostly because like the Stanley Hotel doesn't feel as haunted as like rumor has yeah so they're probably gonna fuck with me if i ever stay there um, <laughs> like i want to stay in like the lizzie borden house but i don't want to stay in like the room where someone was murdered you know like put me in a different room i don't i would visit the lizzie borden house i don't want to stay there overnight I i'll stay in like the attic the attic room good. i'll i'll get a the hotel room... down the street and i'll come pick you up in the morning <laughs> <laughs> okay sounds good okay <laughs> so my next one is actually a brewery, so I thought that was super fun. Um, that is fun. And Courtney and I are definitely going to have to go here one day. Um, so this is the Moon River Brewing Company, and my sources were nightlyspirits.com, a BuzzFeed Unsolved episode, and also the Moon River Brewing website. So I'm going to start with a poem, Courtney. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did not write this poem. Is it's this, on the website. Is this open mic night? <laughs> <laughs> The Old City Hotel sat near Whitaker and Bay. The Moon River Brewing Company can be found there today. Many theories and stories abound about this haunted hotspot, like the story about the gambler James Stark was shot. Having insulted Dr. Minus with many a callous remark, the good doctor saw to it that a bullet would kill Stark. But Stark is hardly the lone ghost in the restaurant and bar. There are spirits throughout drawing the curious from near and far. The upper floors are so haunted that renovations are never complete. Construction workers have found that working there is no easy feat. Perhaps these ghosts recall a time when a hospital was still there, with so many sick and dying spirits clinging to the walls and hanging in the air. Whatever the cause, whatever the reason, the ghosts here are strong, and one thing is certain, the ghosts know that this is where they belong. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Get some snaps or something. Anyway, um... <laughs> That probably sounds so horrible on the recording. <laughs> <laughs> so the Moon River Brewing Company is a brewery in Savannah, Georgia. Um, the building was built in 1821, and it was a hotel at that time called City Hotel. It was owned by a laser early, a laser, a la- Mr. Early and his wife, um, and they wanted the city hotel to be for, like, the rich and famous guests who wanted to visit Savannah. So this was, like, the hotel to be. Um, and James Audubon was a notable guest who stayed there for six months while working on his book of wildlife sketches. And other famous guests included Winfield Scott, who was an army general during the War of 1812, and also the first three Commodores of the United States Navy. So they had a lot of, like, popular big people mm-hmm. staying here like they intended. Um, the City Hotel also became the first branch of the United States Post Office in Savannah and served as a branch of the Bank of the United States as well. So you're just staying in this hotel that also has a post office and a bank in it. So that's super convenient. Yeah, everything you need right there. Exactly. You don't need to leave. So in 1832, local James Stark, who frequented the bar inside the hotel, was badmouthing the local doctor, Philip Minnis. Um, so they had like this ongoing feud Um, Like, they were constantly, like, back and forth with each other. Um, And Philip Minnis was Jewish, and Stark made many anti-Semitic remarks to him. So, like, they just... mm, mm -mm. I don't think so, Stark. That's not 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 who you want to be. 
So Stark then called Menace a coward, and he reached into his pocket for his gun, but Menace pulled out his own weapon and shot Stark first. Um, Menace was charged with justifiable homicide, um, as it was a, quote, affair of honor. So I guess back in the day, they're like, okay, well, it's justified because you were defending, like, your, you know, I mean, physically defending yourself because the guy was Mm -hmm. supposedly reaching for a gun. Um, But he was acquitted, so he didn't even get charged with the justifiable homicide. Um, And Stark was known to get into trouble around town. Like, he was always, like, starting shit. Clearly, I mean, fear. Yeah anti-semitic you kind of start shit a lot and he wasn't very well liked so many believe that's why menace got away with this murder that they're just like "Eh, even if like he shouldn't have shot him we don't like the guy so we're just gonna let you get off because we don't really care Mm -hmm. um so stark is believed to be one of the ghosts in this building um so we'll talk about him a little bit more in a minute um and the hotel was bought by peter wiltberger in 1851 and he renovated it and brought in two live lions to draw more attention to the hotel so oh come visit this hotel that now has a bank and a post office and a zoo it's a good time and this time i would because now i know like animal cruelty and you shouldn't do this to animals but low-key i'd love to see two live island eye lions (laughs) lions (laughs) lions at a hotel yes agree agree with the entire statement you just made i get the whole morals i'm not gonna do it but I'd love to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like walking into a hotel and like, hey, there's a lion just chilling. Mm-hmm. That I would enjoy seeing that. So before the Civil War started, obviously tensions were rising between Northerns and Southerners. And in 1860, a New Yorker named James Sinclair visited Savannah and stayed at the city hotel. So many of the locals tried to persuade him to leave town because they didn't, quote, want a Yankee around. They're like, you just need to go. You don't don't belong here down in savannah you know that's how i feel with kevin in my house (laughs) yankee you get out of here (laughs) so what i'm guessing you've not done to kevin though um is they formed a mob in the street and they stripped and beat him nearly to death so not yet (laughs) (laughs) there's still time um so sinclair did survive the assault but many say that he came back to haunt the building after his death just because of the treatment that he received there so he didn't die there but because he stayed at this hotel and was so badly Mm -hmm. treated by locals they say that he comes back to haunt it um and the city hotel closed in 1864 just before general sherman took savannah in the civil war um, and it was never used as a hotel ever again So, during the Civil War, the building became a hospital and housed many yellow fever victims throughout several years. Um, Savannah has several yellow fever outbreaks, so it's estimated that hundreds of people died on the upper floors of this building at that time. Um, And Civil War soldiers were also treated here, both Northerners and Southerners. Um, And it was also used as a lumber and coal warehouse, and then later general storage. And in the 1960s, the building was converted into an office supply store and printing press. And then the building sat empty for 20 years until the Moon River Brewing Company opened on April 10th in 1999. It's been a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of different usages. (laughs) A lot of things happening in this building. Yeah. So when the building was under construction in the 1990s, the foreman's wife was pushed down the stairs from the third floor. Um, And evidence does show that, like, she was shoved and not, like, she didn't just fall. And Mm -hmm. people have reported feeling like someone is, like, tugging on them or pushing them when they're on the third floor specifically. 
Um, and the fourth floor was also part of the hospital, but for some reason it's said to be the least haunted floor of the building. Like there's very few paranormal experiences there. Um, some claim that there's like a negative energy and they hear the sound of children, but like no actual like hauntings. So on the main floor, which is where James Stark was shot, patrons report feeling someone touching them while eating dinner. Women have reported feeling cold in the bathroom and even being locked in a stall. Like we said, James Stark was always, you know, just getting into shit and causing trouble. Um, so many believe that that's him. Um, others report a feeling of being pushed near the bar. So they believe that this is him just kind of being rowdy mm -hmm. and drunk and, you know, doing the things that he did in the 1830s. Um, but others just trying claim... to cause tra uh, trouble wherever he goes. Exactly. <laughs> cause trauma and trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was almost a drama and trouble. And I said trauma, which, I mean, same. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, it makes sense. Um, so others claim that the ghost pushing bar patrons is actually named Toby. Um, so Toby is said to haunt the basement, and he, like, this specific ghost was around so frequently that the employees named him. So there's no, mm -hmm. like, historic person named Toby that they've tied this to. They just, like, it was this one specific ghost that they that was around, so they named him Toby. Mm -hmm. Um and some claim that enslaved people were kept in the basement, and so that's why it's more haunted than the rest of the building. Um, but no records back up this claim. But it's also a really old building in the South, so I mean, it seems pretty... Uh, yeah. <laughs> most likely. Um, many report hearing glass breaking. Um, some attribute this to Toby, but others say that it's James Stark, like throwing beer bottles, just causing shit, <laughs> causing trauma, you know. <laughs> causing trauma everywhere he goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the third floor where the hospital was housed is reported to have children running and laughing. And one of the most well-known ghosts is also said to live here. Um, so many have reported a woman in white that they call Mrs. Johnson. And several television crews have visited the brewery to go ghost hunting, but it's not really an ideal place for that because it is a business that operates daily. So you have staff and you have patrons present. It's not really like you know, shut down and quiet enough to, like, pick up on those things. Um, mm -hmm. It's also on a very busy street, so you have pedestrians and traffic and things that interfere with paranormal equipment. So nothing has been, like, recorded like some of the other places have been able to get. Um, but both staff and patrons report feeling um, and experiencing, you know, these things in the brewery. So, but like we said, it's somewhere that a lot of stuff has happened, a lot of different, yeah. you know... Um, the building has been used in many different ways, so it makes sense. So, yeah. It does. You know, when you have something that old um, with, like, things happening, too, like, I do think you can just kind of get, like, bad energy. Yeah, You know, for sure. like, kind of, like, eh, you know, like, I don't want to mess with that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> things, things have happened here. I don't need to. Mm -mm. Speaking of places I would never stay. Also, like haunted places I would never stay. And this is a little bit of a plug for our Patreon episode coming out is the Cecil Hotel. Mm -hmm. And it is not because necessarily of the ghost. That place just has bad energy. It looks dirty as fuck. It, mm -hmm. mm -mm. Nope. 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 Because Kevin asked me when I was like doing research, he's like, would you stay there? I'm like, no, I would love to see it. I would like walk into the lobby. Yep. I don't want to stay there because... It's supposed to not be in a good part of town. The hotel is trash. I've seen mm -hmm. pictures of the rooms. No. I don't no. need it. Mm -mm. There's like too much. <laughs> too yeah. much here. Courtney and I will get an Airbnb down the street. It's fine. We don't need to. <laughs> but 
we definitely do um, need to go to Savannah at some point and go to this brewery because yes, I mean, I of really want to go to Savannah. I don't, I don't think I've ever been to Savannah, but I really want to go because I hear it's beautiful. I've been twice. Um, once I was a child, and then once um, my brother and I went to tour the Savannah College of Art and Design because um, mm-hmm. I actually got accepted there for photography, but then decided to go a different route with my life. So I didn't end up going there. Um, but the school is amazing. The city is amazing. Like it's just so beautiful. Um, so yeah, we for sure need to, uh, our next girls weekend, we'll just head on down to Savannah, check out this brewery, hey. see some ghosts, you know, like you do Sounds on girls good weekend. To me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And our final house of the day is the Winchester mystery house, which mm-hmm. people have probably heard of. This one's kind of a more popular one. Mm-hmm. Um, so my resources were sanfranciscotravel.com, biography.com, allthatsinteresting.com, and the winchestermysteryhouse.com. So Sarah Lockwood Party, hope that's right, was born in 1839 in New Haven, Connecticut to Sarah Burns and Leonard Party. So Leonard was a carpenter and ran a very progressive household. Which is pretty good for like 1800s here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sarah was really influenced by that and she was an excellent all-around student. She learned four languages. She was really good at music, math, and science. Like she was getting it for the 1800s mm-hmm. as a woman. That's <laughs> um, amazing. And she was only 4'10 and 95 pounds. Mm-hmm. So she was a little thing and she got the reputation as the Belle of New Haven. And on September 30th, 1862, she married fellow New Haven resident William Winchester. Her father-in-law, Oliver, co-owned the Winchester Davies shirt manufacturer, and it was expected that William would take over that business. Um, And then in 1866, Oliver established the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. So... William soon sold his interest in the shirt company and he became secretary of Winchester Repeating Arms. So they kind of just abandoned shirts and went straight for guns. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> like you do. And the business was immediately successful. Um, the Winchester Model 1873 rifle was known as the gun that won the West. Hmm. So, I mean, huge, I guess. And the company sold 700,000 rifles through 1916. Wow. Um, I mean, I don't even really know guns, and I've heard of Winchester guns. Mm-hmm. Like, it's people know it. Um, and many famous people were said to own Winchesters, including Buffalo Bill Cody, Annie Oakley, and Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, wow. So, they all loved their Winchesters. <laughs> And in June 1866, Sarah gave birth to a daughter, Annie. However, Annie had many issues, and she was unable to maintain food and process calories. So I guess when she was eating, there was something in her body that couldn't process it. Um, So she did die of malnourishment six weeks later. Mm. And Sarah had no more children after this. And Oliver died in 1880. And then in March 1881, William died of tuberculosis. So. You lose your child, your father-in-law, and your husband very quickly. Mm. So Sarah did inherit a 50% of the stake in the company, which was worth approximately $20 million. That's so quite a bit. Mm-hmm. In today's money, that's like $343 million. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So 
Again, that company did well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, however, Sarah did not agree with this company. So it didn't sit well with her that they were making millions of dollars in weapons. She felt it was blood money because, like, how many people died at the hands of a Winchester? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm rich, but at what cost? Yeah. Um, so she was really searching for what to do with the money, and she sought out a medium in Boston. So Sarah told the medium how she felt guilty over the numerous victims of Winchester guns. So the medium told her she would continue to be tormented unless she appeased the spirits of the victims. Um, And he told her the only way to do it was to move west and build a house for the lost souls. So, don't know. I mean, I don't know why they'd haunt her and not the person (laughs) that killed them. But, you know, I'm not a... I'm not a ghost gatekeeper, so. (laughs) Um, Sarah did decide to follow his advice, and she established what would be known as the Winchester Chest Clinic at New Haven Neal Hospital, and then moved to California. So in 1886, she bought a 40-acre plot of land in San Jose, California, that included an eight-room cottage. So once she bought this land and house, construction would start, and it would be the longest home renovation that only fully stopped when Sarah died in 1922. Oh, wow. So there was constant construction. Mm -hmm. Um, And the team also worked around the clock on the house. So it wasn't just like every day. It was like 24-7. Jesus. And yeah, so she never ceased construction on her mansion, and she would, um, it did kind of slow down in 1906 because there was an earthquake, um, and it toppled part of the home and the upper floors, um, which I guess just gives you more reason to keep doing renovations, (laughs) but uh, Sarah did end up living somewhere else after this. So in over 20 years, the house was rebuilt into a 160-room mansion, and it covered 24,000 square feet. Um, it was a very unusual house and mansion. It had 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors, um, 52 skylights, 47 stairways and fireplaces, 17 chimneys, 13 bathrooms, and six kitchens. And a partridge in a pear tree? Sorry. Uh, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> like... I mean, probably with Sarah. Yeah. So, six kitchens. Can you wow. imagine? Whew. And that's a lot of cleaning. Of the, I mean, that's all I think about is like, who has to clean this poor 10, house? 10,000 windows? Ugh. Oh, man. Um, and some of the staircases don't make any sense either. So instead of leading to another floor, they would just lead straight into the ceiling. Hmm. Okay. Don't know. Um, there were a bunch of secret passageways throughout the property. And so like one cabinet door would open to a hive of like 30 additional rooms. So if you're playing hide and seek, you're never going to be found. <laughs> ever. Is that is that what all these ghosts are? Just kids who died during hide and seek because no one ever found them? <laughs> Probably. So while she had some strange modifications, obviously, in this house, she did make quite a few additions for herself. So she had many luxury fixtures like parquet flooring. Don't know what it is. Please don't ask me. <laughs> I'm assuming it was something back then. Um, Fancy, apparently. Yep, crystal chandeliers, gilded doorways, and stained glass windows handcrafted by Tiffany & Co.'s first design first design director, Louis Comfort Tiffany. So she's wow. got, like, Tiffany skylights. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and the home was also really advanced technology. Like it had forced air central heating and hot running water, which is not something they had back then. Mm-hmm. So some do believe these strange modifications were made so the ghosts would get lost on their way to haunting her. So they would like open a door and there'd be 30 rooms or they'd walk up a staircase and there'd be a ceiling. Can't they just walk through it? I don't know. <laughs> this is what people, some people believe. Um, and while it does appear she was building the house to appease something and maybe more so due to her own guilt rather than ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sarah was doing her best to just atone for her husband's sins or what she viewed as her husband's sins. Um, so there's no like proof of demonic possession, ghostly apparitions or any kind of hauntings in the Winchester house. Um, but of course, like urban legends, like keep going, you know, like the whole house people say was built to appease ghosts, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a book published titled Captive of the Labyrinth, Sarah L. Winchester. And this book disputed that Sarah ever talked to a medium or built this house for angry ghosts. So this ha- this book is like, that didn't happen. Um, the book says that the explanation for these weird features was because of rebuilding from damage. And Sarah just decided to seal off some passageways. But... I don't really think that makes sense. <laughs> That's a lot of strange building structures just for that reason. And it's not like she was lazy and like didn't want to do it. Like construction continued the whole time she was alive. Yeah. Um, Clearly she had the money for it. It wasn't about, you know, cutting costs. Like Yeah. And like there's also like rumor that she believed if construction stopped, she would die. Hmm. Apparently, I don't know if maybe the the loud construction noises kept the ghost away too or whatever. But I mean, I get what this book is saying, but I don't think it's any crazier than her feeling guilt and building mm-hmm. a house that she thinks she's being haunted by ghosts. Like, I don't think that's that crazy to think. <laughs> it, it definitely sounds like um, mental illness is probably at play here one way mm-hmm. or another. And I mean, think of all the grief you're going through that yeah, you just absolutely. lost everyone and you have all this money and you're like, don't really agree with how you got the money. And I mean, it's like the late 1800s. You don't really talk about mental health. like mm-hmm. so. And it's like sometimes with grief, like you fixate on things that like don't like logically make sense. So it's mm-hmm. like this is something that she could like put all of her focus and energy on instead of like dealing with her grief. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah. So Sarah Winchester did die from congestive heart failure on September 5th, 1922. Um, So the house did go up for sale, but clearly this could not be a family home with Mm -hmm. all of these crazy renovations. Like, what would you even try to do? Mm -hmm. So the house was sold and reopened as a roadside attraction, and it was added to the National Register of Historic Places and designated a California historical landmark in 1974. So today it is still a tourist attraction. You can Mm -hmm. still go there. You can visit it. Um, You know, I don't know how much you get to see, but I guess it would be cool because there's just all these rooms. Yeah, (laughs) Um, definitely. And in 2016, a movie was made about her called Winchester, and Helen Mirren stars as Sarah. How have I never heard of this? I don't know. Apparently, it is wildly inaccurate. Mm, Gotcha. (laughs) But I'm still going to watch it, probably. I mean, why not? (laughs) Helen Mirren is Sarah Winchester? Why not? We are here for this. (laughs) I'm here for it. I don't care if it's stupid. (laughs) How many Lizzie Borden things have I watched that are clearly inaccurate? Right. I'm going to watch it. Um, 
But yeah, so that is the Winchester Mystery House. I do want to kind of put in like a small plug here. I was inspired by the Supernatural podcast by Parcast. They mm-hmm. did like a whole 30-minute episode on this that was a little bit more in-depth. Um, so if you're like wanting more, I would go listen to that episode. It was pretty good. Um, but yeah, so that is the Winchester Mystery House. Yeah, that is super interesting. Um, if you guys have like specific suggestions for houses, buildings, hotels, you know, Mm -hmm. that you want us to cover on the next, um, volume that we do of this, because there will be another one, um, Mm -hmm. definitely let us know and we will try to cover those specific houses because we find this very interesting and we hope you guys do too. Yeah. Like what's the haunted house like in your hometown or where you live now? Like there are so many cities and houses and just in the U S let alone international. So if you have like a good, like England suggestion or any Mm -hmm. other country suggestion like Australia wherever let us know and we'll definitely do it because these are super fun to do Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so Courtney what is your perk of the week so my perk of the week is I have jumped on a bandwagon called Ted Lasso (laughs) and it's good (laughs) I little little thing about me um if somebody tells me something's really amazing or really good Courtney hates it. I then, yeah, okay, like, what happens is I build it up in my head then, because people are like, this is the best thing ever, it's hilarious, it's so good, so then I get unrealistic expectations of it, Mm -hmm. and so I'm like, okay, well, it was good, but it wasn't that good, like, it was was fine, Um, so I was a little worried, because a lot of people like Ted Lasso, a lot Mm -hmm. of people recommend it, but it is really good, Um, it's really, it's, like, very wholesome and it is funny and it's just a really good listen to especially like all the shit that's going on in the world it's kind of just like a happier story um Mm -hmm. and they kind of they do a lot of things like a lot of things like normal shows would take like four episodes to dive into they're like oh it's like doesn't matter like it's Mm -hmm. fine Mm -hmm. you know like these big drama bubbles and they're just like eh, it's fine it's like (laughs) Okay, I get that. I like that, that we're not dragging out this plot line for, like, 50 stories. (laughs) Unnecessary. That makes sense. Yeah. But it's really good. I would recommend it. Um, Kevin and I have been binging it like crazy. (laughs) We'll just sit there and, like, another episode? Oh, it's 2 a.m.? Okay, (laughs) one more, and then we'll go to bed. (laughs) So um, I do recommend it. It is very good. It's very funny. Nice. Yeah. So, Jacqueline, what is your perk of the week? Um, so speaking of jumping on bandwagons, um, Andrew and I have been watching Squid Game on Netflix this week. Um, it's insane. Um, it's really good. We really enjoy it. It's very dark. It's, um, it's not a good, like, palate cleanser for, like, everything else that we do in our lives. Like, it's, a, it's, it's not fun but it's really good it's really interesting um we only have one episode left it is football sunday so we're probably not going to watch it till tomorrow um but that's what we've been watching during dinner all week and it's crazy but it's really good and yeah that's um that's funny you say that i actually saw a tiktok last night of this girl being like please ask me about my theory about how the fact that Squid Game and Ted Lasso are the two most popular things in America and it's the reason for America's downfall. I don't know. She had this whole theory about the whole reason because Ted Lasso, I guess, is like very wholesome, happy, and then Squid Game is like the exact opposite of it. Mm -hmm. And how like that like basically like shows the American psyche and I don't know. Big TikTok thing that I 
kind of only half went into because I got a little bored halfway through or something video, <laughs> but very keep, funny that you said that. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny that that was both of our, our perks of the week. Um, I keep seeing, like, Squid Game stuff on, like, um, like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, everything, and I keep, like, scrolling past it because I'm afraid of, like, seeing spoilers. So once mm-hmm. we finish the final episode, I'll definitely go back and try to find that and see see what she has to say about what she yeah, has to say about that. Very weird, but, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So if you guys want to tell us your theories about the downfall of America, um, you can do so <laughs> on Instagram at Caffeinated Crimes Pod, on Twitter at Caff Crimes Pod, that's C-A-F-F Crimes Pod. Although, you know, in the limited number of characters you get, I don't know if you can really explain the downfall of America on Twitter, but um, you can do Facebook. That's true. Yes. That's what threads are great for. <laughs> um, Facebook at Caffeinated Crimes Podcast. Uh, you can email us at caffeinatedcrimespod at gmail.com. We are on YouTube at Caffeinated Crimes Podcast. We are on TikTok at something I can never remember that has caffeinated crimes it's, in it. Yeah, it's just caffeinated crimes. I looked at it yep. the other day. <laughs> I'm sure you guys are getting really tired of this because it's the same conversation every week because I just cannot remember what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can find us on all of those things. Um, just a reminder, too, that this episode is coming out on a Tuesday. And this Thursday, the Cecil Hotel is coming out on our Patreon. Um, so it will be the 15th bonus episode. Maybe. Courtney's looking at me like that's not right. 14th? 15th it's a few we have around there (laughs) as we mentioned earlier courtney and i are not great with numbers um (laughs) but you can check out the cecil hotel episode this week as also as well as other episodes that we've done in the past um that is patreon.com slash caffeinated crimes and we're still doing our apple reviews giveaway but we are very very close to 50 last i looked we're only eight away so if you go and you write a review and you tell us it's you, because we have to know it's you. We aren't mind readers. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go and once we get to 50, we will pick someone and they'll win a pin, a sticker, and a $10 gift card to the coffee shop of their choice. You're getting real close to not getting that pumpkin spice latte anymore, <laughs> so you better go review. Um, but yeah, so I think that's it i think that's all we have so in the meantime go have a cup of coffee and don't commit a crime